Ladies and gentlemen, it's another very special distance edition of Put Up Your Spooks. Watch as we battle a few of our favorite things. In this corner, weighing in at 15 minutes, Twilight Zone. And the challenger at a hefty 22 minutes, Are You Afraid of the Dark? This week's theme, Fightin' Irish. This time we're doing our favorite spooks. And listeners to the podcast will know that Ryan's favorite mythology is Irish mythology. I couldn't actually find anything outside the Are You Afraid of the Darkiverse that had to do with Irish mythology or Leprechaun specifically, because we had already done Jake and the Leprechaun. But there was one other one that was vaguely Irish, and that was Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of Badge. Now, if you look online, most people really fucking hate the Tale of Badge. I don't understand why, because I fucking love the Tale of Badge. <laughs> we'll find out what Jeff thinks after this. After it's, these messages. <laughs> after this rambling synopsis. It's Gwen's 16th birthday, and everyone's, her mom, her dad, her grandma are gathered around. She's about to blow out her candles, but suddenly her little brother bursts in, and he's like, Oh yeah, baby. First place at the science fair. And he steals all the attention. It is weird that nobody was at his science fair. Maybe it was a in-class kind of a thing. It's also kind of weird that they were having her birthday party without him. Isn't he <laughs> part of the During the school day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So either way, whether it was during the school day, she should have been in school. And if it was not during the school day, at least one of them should have been at his science fair. I mean, I hate to slow your roll, but you know how I'm usually down for the bully in any of these stories i'm also gonna ride for the annoying little brother because i used to be an annoying little brother <laughs> and let me tell you uh the sister was mad because her brother crushed it at the science fair and took first prize and got a blue ribbon and her only accomplishment was surviving another year yeah it's a uh... As we'll find out, it's really only because she's so painfully average. And her little brother, you know, he's winning science fairs. He speaks fluent Latin. Uh, he's just... He's awesome. He's awesome in every way. <laughs> Cut to Grandma in her room. I guess Grandma Willie lives with them. She has a little box beside her, and it starts kind of rattling around. And she's like, hey, we'll have none of that. And it quiets down. And then we move over to Gwen in her bedroom. And she's practicing her flute. But she sucks. And she lays back on her bed in a huff, and uh, Willie comes in because she's got a lot of compassion for this average young teenager. And she says, oh, you can't give up. And Gwen's like, man, but I'm just so terrible, and everything sucks, and everyone hates me. And Willie says, you know what? You're not, that's not true. You're, you're very special. And uh, she gives her the box that we saw rattling around earlier, and it's her very special 16th birthday. And this box has something that's been handed down from grandmother to granddaughter for generations and generations. And along with the box comes this big, ornate necklace, which is a jasper, which is also very special. And then Willie, Grandma Willie, is about to tell her more about this jasper necklace and this very special box. But she's interrupted by the mom, who bursts into the room and says, Yeah, we got a call from your music instructor, and he said you quit the band. And Willie says, oh, no, tell me it's not so. 
music is your gift, darling. You can't quit. And the mom is like, yeah, me and your dad, we gotta go to the school and talk to your band instructor. Yeah, and since we have to do this, you know, you gotta stay home and watch your little brother. And Gwen's like, no, there's this party that I really, really need to go to. I was gonna lose my virginity tonight. It's really, really important. And they're like, sorry. And she's like, Willie, can you do it? And she's like, nope, ladies night, dear, gotta go. And so everyone leaves, and it's just Gwen and the little brother, Trevor, uh, left behind. And uh, she's like, you know, just don't bother me, whatever. And Trevor had spied Willie, like, talking to her box. So he, the, fir- <laughs> the very first thing Trevor does is bradley investigate Willie's room. He takes out the box, because Willie never got around to actually handing it over to Gwen. So it's still in her, in her bureau. And uh, inside, he finds a flute. He blows the flute. It makes a weird, crazy chime. And shit immediately goes haywire. There's a crystal inside the box. It starts to glow. Smoke starts to pour out of it. So he throws it out the window. Gwen comes in and says, like, what what are you doing? Get out of here. This is not your room. They leave. And all around the house, outside the windows, smoke is, like, blasting over the windows. And uh, Gwen's on the phone, like, oh, that that boy? I was going to totally get it on with he's at the party oh wait he brought who what and as she's like getting the skinny on the party the power the lights start to flicker the power goes out smoke is completely covering all the windows and the phone goes dead and just at that moment there's a knock on the door and it's someone looking for the setter wind so it sounds like a normal guy but uh she's like yeah no there's no one here by that name and then he's like um are you guys okay and then he's, she's like, yeah, we're fine. Go away, please. And he's like, oh, there's uh, been an accident. So he's pulling out all the tricks trying to get into their house. But Gwen is actually very smart about not letting a stranger into her house. She says she'll call the police, but she's not letting him in. Trevor comes over and he's like, yeah, who is that? She says, I don't know. Some weirdo. And then there's another kind of knock on the door, a rattling at the doorknob. And she's like, oh, God. But then it turns out it's Willie. And she says, oh, I forgot my keys, dear. Please let me in. And she's like, oh, Willie, I'm so glad it's you. And she opens the door, and a fucking monster bursts in. And it's Badge, the Badger monster. And he's like, I will eat you. Give me the setter wind. And she's like, whoa, what are you talking about? And he's, like, <laughs> he's like, bring me the goddamn setter wind or else. And he grabs Trevor and pulls him out the door, and uh, the door closes, and Gwen is completely shook. But she's, you know, she lost her brother, so she runs out into the outside, and it's Badge World. And it's full of hanging skeletons and crazy, uh, weird glowing plants and stuff. And she trips over the mysterious box that Trevor had thrown out the window and gathers it up, and uh, then Badge comes out. And he's looking for the setter wind. He's really obsessed with the setter wind, although she doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. And he says, I'll trade your little brother for the setter wind. He's obsessed. So she goes back inside. She notices that there are music notes on the box. And she remembers that Willie said music was her gift. But she doesn't quite put those things together yet. And she finds, she goes to Willie's room to kind of like check things out. She finds a picture book. And it has all these drawings of all the setter winds, which she realizes are her ancestors because there's a picture of Willie and there's a picture of Gwen. So she realizes Grandma Willie is the setter wind that this monster wants. She finds a poem in the book. By darkest night, I play the song to hold the beast in moments long. I call upon the Jasper's light to bind the goblin in setter wind light. Do you remember the uh, the episode we did, um, uh, The Watcher's Woods, where they were pronouncing it like demoned with an extra D? Yeah. 
Uh-huh. Well, she pronounces it like goblin with an extra D. Call upon the Jasper's light to bind the goblin in Sidowin might. Gwen totally gets the wrong idea. She puts the Jasper necklace on and it glows. So she's like, oh, you know, I got it. I got the magic. I got the poem. Oh, we're good. So she goes back to Badge World and she recites the poem, but it doesn't work. And he's like, well... That's enough for you, and he comes at her with a noose. He's got a real hankering for some noose earning. Hang and rot in my garden for what it has done to me. He's about to hang her by the neck until she's dead, but suddenly Willie comes home, and she trades places, and she says, Music is your gift, girl. And then she trades places with Gwen. Gwen gets knocked back into the house, and when she tries to go back outside, it's just the regular outside. And Badge is fucking psyched. He's like, ah, uh, finally, 12 lifetimes you've kept me. Now I'm gonna fucking hang you, bitch, and your bones will rot in my garden. And then he grabs the necklace off of Willie, and he's like, Life, there's none. No power as the Jasper. Why? And she's like, haha, I passed on the power, you dummy. And... Finally, Gwen figures it out, and she sees that on the box is written Badge, B-A-D-G-E, with music notes right on it. So she grabs the magic flute, she plays those notes, and Badge gets sucked back into the box. And then Willie and Trevor come back, and Trevor's like, Good for you, Gwen. I love you, big sis. I knew you'd come through. So, again, showing how great he is, really. And Willie's like, I told you you were very special. This is uh, how it's going to be. And Trevor rightfully points out, like, Whoa, what the fuck? My sister's a witch, but all she gets to do is babysit a boogeyman in a box? That's horseshit. And then he goes on like a little improv rant, which is not very good, but uh, meanwhile, Willie casts a little humming spell and makes him forget, uh, which is kind of a bummer. I mean, why? Why must he forget? I don't know. But anyway, so then uh, she's like, yeah, don't worry. Uh, you'll be able to do magic too. And that's the episode. I'm a little confused as to why Willie can still do magic after she passes on the power of the Jasper, but hey, what are you going to do? So... Again, everyone online hates this episode. I think it's fucking awesome. There's, like, hell of the right-side-up sinners uh, with the skeleton garden. There's... <laughs> hell of the upside-down sinners. Yeah, no. Oh, in, you're saying they're right-side-up. Because they're right-side-up because they're, right side up. Side up ah. they're hanging by their necks. Um, badge they're is fabulous. awesome. His makeup is so cool. Uh, he talks backwards like Yoda. There's magic and witches. Uh, I think it's cool. I don't know. What do you think about the tale of Badge? Uh, it was really good. Yeah, right? Everyone online is crazy. First of all, it's our first stink app. What? Stink? For the Midnight Society, that that gross, yeah, that gross stinky kid. <laughs> was it the first? So, he, didn't, he didn't tell the story, It's the first though. one we've done on a show. Oh, mm -hmm. really? Yeah. Huh, So okay. I was very excited. Oh, yeah, corrections and omissions, by the way. When we did um, the reboot of Are You Afraid of the Dark, you had uh, mentioned that the germaphobe kid was a real stig character. That's actually the opposite, because Stig is gross and loves germs. Anyway, keep, keep going. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> no, I thought it was a really uh, well-constructed episode. You know, they had a puzzle box. They had a few items. They got to the, the heart of the conflict um, with uh, Gwen's character and her brother, uh, really quickly, I thought Badge, the um, evil Irish goblin... Goblined? Point of order? Goblined. Not only was his makeup awesome, and his contact lens is awesome, his performance and his like wardrobe and everything yeah. um, was really good. He's like an and awesome... They got that camera like 
right up in his face and um it it held up i mean if you had that kind of makeup in a show today i think people would still be pretty psyched agreed in terms of uh that show face off i would say that badge had great form language (laughs) yeah and he was gleefully evil but he also had good motivation i mean if you were kept in a crystal in a box for 12 lifetimes you'd be pretty pissed off too yeah i'm curious as to what the um mythos of that is uh he's like an evil spirit trapped in a crystal that crystal is kind of like a pocket dimension but he can take victims in there sometimes right well he but i think he took those victims when he was free like before they imprisoned him but also he can take he still has access to that yeah he can take his pocket dimension outside into the real world and kind of enclose a house with it i thought it was really interesting uh that the the setterwind magic moved from grandmother to granddaughter Yes, yeah, sorry, moms. It's really weird that it skips a generation like that. Interesting that when the brother uh, played the flute, it did produce like magical notes. Yeah, well, it was a magical flute. I, I was still just surprised that he was able to to get any sound out of it. Oh, yeah. So I wonder if he doesn't, you know, have some of the Setterwind magic. Well, he's never gonna know about it. He's already good enough. He doesn't um, also need to add magic to his repertoire. That the parents get home, um, everything's kind of brushed under the rug. Uh, Gwen is all excited, and then she's literally headed off to that party that she was so excited about. <laughs> and so she's taking the Jasper and her like wild, untamed magic to uh, her first party as like a sixteen-year-old oh, witch, man. and like she's gonna get drunk on wine coolers, and that boy is gonna get glamored, or she's gonna hex some girl. Like that is not gonna be good. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Never even thought about it. I mean, after that, do you think you'd still head to the party? I feel like you'd need to rest. Or would you be so keyed up and, like, adrenaline pumped? Would you be like, yeah, fucking party! Yeah, I definitely think she wants to go to an after party after finding out at 16 that she finally (laughs) has magic power. Yeah. Shame on her grandmother, Willie, who had this, like, sacred obligation to inform her granddaughter about her magical heritage and the imminent goblin attack. And then she's like, oh, it's Lady's Bridge night. Got to go. <laughs> well, there wouldn't have been a goblin a, a goblin attack if it, if it hadn't been for Trevor's malarkey. Do you think it's that the crystal fell out of the box or that he blew the whistle or what? Mm, I think it's that he blew the whistle because it started to smoke and everything. For some reason, I got the feeling that every Setterwind has to face that challenge. Jeez, I wonder. I don't think so, because he hadn't been freed for, like, 12 lifetimes. I would argue that he still wasn't freed, because he went oh, back maybe. in the box. Yeah, maybe he needs yeah. to get the Jasper to get fully free. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time to show you Tale of Badge. Now what do I do? Now you listen to me tell you about Twilight Zone and the little people of Killaney Woods. In this episode, a mousy man named O'Shaughnessy runs into a pub to scam a drink so that he can spin a yarn about walking in the woods and finally finding the little people. I seen it. Seen it with my own two eyes. Them, the little people. They were under a great big toadstool that was all aglow. Give us a gargle, man. So apparently O'Shaughnessy's scam is that he's always going on and on about these goddamn leprechauns and little people and 
he kind of scams booze from the bartender. Oh, give us a gargle, man! Are you blind as well as that? Uh, no, you don't. He's basically this this kind of big liar character, and people tolerate him, but this time he's really selling it. And he's just going on and on about how he's seen the little people. And, and uh, no one believes him. He's like, no, no, it's true. They're under this giant toadstool. And we see Mulvaney, a, a big man who's out of work like the rest of them. And he's so annoyed that he tosses O'Shaughnessy out of the pub and he threatens him. He says, if you ever come back here, I'll bash your face in with a shillelagh. Yeah, he's pissed. It seems to be the villain of the piece. So O'Shaughnessy's friend comes out and it was like, hey, man, I told you to lay off all the leprechaun talk. Let me take you home. And O'Shaughnessy says, I'm not crazy. I'm not daft. and I'm not drunk. I'm going to go hang out with the friends who really understand me, the little people. And uh, hours later, uh, Mulvaney wanders out of the pub. And he spies O'Shaughnessy coming out of the hardware store with a big box of goods. And when he goes to investigate at the hardware store, he finds out that O'Shaughnessy paid a triangular piece of gold. And uh, the guy who owns the hardware store Played says, by Ted Theodore Logan's father. <laughs> said uh, the little people gave him this gold to buy supplies. And Mulvaney is outraged. He's like, I don't want to hear any more about these little people. And he's like, hey, I'm not saying I believed him. I'm just saying the guy's got real gold. So Mulvaney goes straight over to O'Shaughnessy's lodgings. And the landlady's there. And she says, O'Shaughnessy's not here anymore. He paid off all his debts. And then she pulls out another piece of gold, this triangular gold piece. And at this point, Mulvaney is very excited. So he goes after O'Shaughnessy and catches up with him and he blocks his path and he's wielding a shillelagh. He's mad because he thinks that O'Shaughnessy, who's mooched off of everyone in town, including Mulvaney, came into some gold and is now leaving town without paying any of his debts. And he wants to be paid what he's owed. So O'Shaughnessy relents and gives some of the gold pieces to Mulvaney. But Mulvaney says, no, I want all of it. And O'Shaughnessy tells him that he's being foolish because gold never lasts if the little people don't like you. And so O'Shaughnessy bashes Mulvaney with his box of goods and runs off. A minute later, Mulvaney catches up to him and is gobsmacked to discover O'Shaughnessy standing under a spaceship that looks like a to glowing toadstool, surrounded by a group of little alien people dressed in green. And O'Shaughnessy sees that Mulvaney finally knows the truth and he starts dancing this crazy wild chick. <laughs> Look at him, Mick Mulvaney, a great clock. <laughs> oh, have you ever seen the light of it before? No, you haven't. <laughs> Mulvaney freaks the fuck out and runs all the way back to the pub. And he's breathless. He's parched. He begs the bartender for a drink. And he says, I seen it. I seen it with me own two eyes. Them, the little people. But it ain't what you think. They're not leprechauns. They're men from Mars or something. And so everyone in the pub is up in arms and they're like, Mulvaney, you're crazy. What are you talking about? He's like, no, I can prove it. And he pulls out his triangular gold piece and the bartender says, uh, that's a piece of lead. And then everyone in the pub laughs at Mulvaney. And as we pull back 
from the pub and the raucous laughter, we see the spaceship Toadstool fly over the pub, and a voiceover says, one day, in some dark corner of the Twilight Zone, there's a planet out there that has a lot of clovers. The end. (laughs) That's enough! I bloody can't take it anymore! I really liked that episode. The episode is very light. There's really not a lot to it, and there's no stakes except not getting your face bashed in by an angry drunk. Uh, I liked how efficient the story was. Um, I like how it cleverly inverted the beginning with the end. Having Mulvaney, Mm. who couldn't stand O'Shaughnessy running in and running his mouth about little people, runs in and tells a wild tale at the end and gets laughed out of the the pub. In this season of The Twilight Zone, there's two or three stories per episode. And so these stories are like 15 minutes in and out, uh, really lean and mean. And uh, I thought it was fun. It was very fun. I liked it a lot. As you said, it was very light. Very uh, light, but delightful. Quick and easy, delightful, fun. It was. Uh, I'm glad we watched for the show. So let's rate these two episodes for our favorite spooks. For Are You Afraid of the Dark, Scare Factor. High. Were you scared of Badge? Badge is super scary. Yeah, I mean, it's got a home invasion quality and like a freaky... Freaky con- monster. Freaky monster, yeah. Hanging, murder, skeletons. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go uh, Scare Factor High. Yeah, and he's Badger's in your face telling you how he's going to murder you. That's true. He uh, he plays it close <laughs> in the parlance of uh, film and television. He really gets in there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's a smell factor, but uh, you would smell Badge in his <laughs> fetid hanging garden because he's all up in your bits. I'm surprised they didn't have uh, any monofilament hanging in Badge's garden. <laughs> For uh, for Twilight Zone, what do you think for Strange Factor? So Strange Factor, low then, sadly, because we just came up with this factor to, to for Twilight <laughs> Zone. Right, let's let's say Strange Factor low. <laughs> um, gross Factor. Uh, yeah, you know, also hand in hand with Scare Factor for Are You Afraid of the Dark? Bad just pretty gross. He's got a gross, slimy mouth. <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't know. It's actually not that gross of an episode, but Badge is a little bit gross. I, I would say his garden is gross. His garden is gross. Full of uh, hanging around in corpses. Yep. Probably some bacteria in there. Uh, gross factor for uh, Little People of Kalani Woods. Mm, low. Yeah, low. The, uh, low that low town to zero. was delightful. I want to go yes. there. The town of Kalani Woods? Yeah. Okay, what the factor? For Are You Afraid of the Dark? Well, what do you think? It had good concepts. But it was, I felt it was so well constructed that it had a low what the factor. Yeah. None of that stuff felt like it was totally out of the blue. I thought they did a pretty good job of setting everything up and paying it off. Agreed. Okay, what the factor for Twilight Zone? Hi. Yes, okay, now we're talking aliens. Because it had a twist. Yeah. And the twist, twist was that the little people were aliens. And had I not spoiled it for myself, I would not have seen that coming. Likewise. I think they did a really good job of talking about the devilish glow and the toadstool. Okay, theme of uh, fighting Irish. Uh, well, so honestly, Badge is not. I mean, maybe it's like a, an Irish myth. Song. They might, they had to have gotten it from somewhere. I don't. I feel like if someone just invented that out of their brains, then it's like really impressive. I have to confess that I I'd spent too much time trying to come up with other words that could be spelled with B A D G E, and there aren't any. <laughs> and so I wonder if. Uh, they came up with the flute music 
box idea first and then the notes and then badge because you know it would be badger or something like right. that yeah i mean there, there could be like an irish myth about a badger monster or something uh, i don't know or it could be like a uh you know some kind of puka or something but yeah it would be a puka you know willie was irish she had the accent Willie was irish just the day is long <laughs> and uh they had they got a redhead to play gwen um no i think they i think they did a good job with the irishness um although in terms of irish mythology they probably invented the whole flute crystal uh grandmother granddaughter witch magic jasper i'm gonna say medium Medium kind of low low for our for fighting irish or at least on a score of irish mythology i would give that low when you're thinking irish mythology you're certainly you know the first place you go is leprechauns and there was nary right. a leprechaun in sight. All right, how about the little people of Killeney Woods? Uh, quite Irish, and everyone was fighting, and uh, there were little yeah. people, and man. There was honest to goodness shillelagh. <laughs> so I'm going to go high on theme for little people of Killeney Woods. Body count. Ooh, there were at least three or four skeletons in, in Badge's garden. I only counted two skellies. Okay, maybe there were two. However, there were zero body count. In Twilight Zone. So I'm going to give that one to Tale of Badge. Tale of um, Badge. Fuck you, internet people. <laughs> I proudly give this one to Are You Afraid of the Dark? Tale of the Badge for Ryan's episode of My Favorite Spooks. Long have I been waiting for this. All right, Ryan, I got a quiz for you. How well do you know Gaelic? Not well at all. This one is multiple choice. I've got three words, and I want you to tell me which, if any of these, comes from Gaelic. Slob, gob, or hubbub? Slob? That's correct. Yeah. But all three of those are are loan words from the Gaelic language. Oh, trick question. Also, smidgen and hooligan. Are you ready for the Irish mythology quiz? I'm ready, hosebrain. Let's see. How well do you know Irish mythology? What can you tell me about the Fomorians? Not a damn thing. Really? It sounds like uh, a fantasy character from Power Rangers. Yeah, they may have shown up in Power Rangers at some point. No, the Fomorians were this mythical race of evil giants. Ooh. The Fomorians were awesome. They fought the uh, Tuatha de Danann. They were led by this giant named Baylor who had an evil eye. He was like a cyclops. Do you know any of this stuff? Nope. You should look into it. It's really rad. Cool. You got two more chances to redeem yourself. <laughs> Tell me about the Dullahan. Uh, is that a ghost horse? Uh, Dullahan is uh, the headless horseman, the headless rider. Essentially. Yeah. Eh, there was a horse in there. All right, this is your last chance to prove that you know anything about Irish mythology. Maybe the Tell Irish mythology the isn't my favorite mythology. <laughs> All right. Tell me about the changeling. The changeling, well, that's an easy one. The fae folk steal your baby and replace it with some sort of creature. Wrong. A changeling is a kid that is turned into a frog Uh, by a banshee (laughs) so he can take your soul. The tale of uh, Jake and the Leprechaun really destroyed your concepts of Irish mythology. I guess so. I gotta re-research, man. Hang you will in my garden. I think we should do our next episode of My Favorite Spooks on my favorite thing, werewolves. (gasps) Rerun for your life! (laughs) 